0: Welcome back to the Hammer Down show on 1017thehammer 1017thehammer.com. You can always tell your Alexa play 1017 the hammer. You get us right there. It's very very easy to do. All right, uh, speaking of easy to do with technology you need the help with because uh, they're completely inept at it. Uh, Kyle Charters is on the line with us here. Kyle, how are you, buddy? I have no idea what
1: that means exactly, but I'm doing well.
0: Thank you. you sound like you were struggling with your car phone there for a second. Oh,
1: there we go. Yeah, I just had to. I had to get the. Uh, I had to get the radio turned down so I didn't hear myself
0: twice. There, there you go. That's uh, that's kind of the key. That's a that's a savvy veteran move right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. There so a lot of stuff going on with uh, Purdue athletics. Uh, obviously, you know, volleyball was really really big today. Um, you know, fans are very excited about this basketball team. I want to start with football with you right now. Uh, They'll take on Tennessee here at the uh, end of the month uh, in the Music City Bowl. You actually had a chance to, uh, I guess, do like a little interview with uh, one of these uh, Tennessee fan blogs and everything, too. I'm very interested about this. Uh, When you talk to them, what seems to be their primary concern? What are they most interested about? What do they seem most worried about with this bowl game in Purdue?
1: Well, I I think the general feeling is that there are just so many unknowns with Purdue and with the with the Big Ten, but that both programs are somewhat in the the same spot. I mean, obviously Josh Heupel's in his first season, whereas Jeff Brom is in his fifth, but both coaches want to bring uh, an offense-heavy program, uh, you know, be able to score. And so I think there are some similarities between the two programs, especially, you know, considering that both had – had some struggles here recently. I mean, Purdue has been to a couple of bowl games under Jeff Brom, though it had been a two-year absence. In Tennessee, I think had only been to one bowl game in the last five years before Hypol took over this year. Both teams had expectation levels that were lower. Um, you know, I think, what, five wins was sort of Vegas's expectation for uh, Purdue. It was probably about the same, though I think some of the people who you know, covered Tennessee uh, even more closely, felt like five wins might be a lot even for the volunteer program, and they certainly exceeded that. So, you know, I I think there's a lot of similarities between the two programs. And, um, you know, from a Tennessee perspective, I think they, you know, I think the SEC sort of looks down upon the Big Ten, so I think there's sort of that element too. Um, And so we'll just have to see how the game plays out. I do think Purdue has some advantages. In the game that maybe they didn't have a few years ago when they played Auburn in the Music City Bowl, so uh, I would suspect that Purdue's in a little better shape, um, but we'll see how that plays out.
0: Does well? I asked Dustin Judy this from Saturday tradition. I know you're right over there. Uh, he he wouldn't really commit to it. Maybe you will. Did Purdue get screwed on, on this bowl game? Uh, there seems to be some kind of sentiment. I, I know Kelly Kitchell mentioned that. We don't get to go to Tampa. It's Penn State because their fans travel more, and that's more money. Uh, there's some folks that are saying that Barry Alvarez helped steer Wisconsin into Las Vegas and not have to come down here to take on a uh, a Tennessee volunteer team. Do you buy into any of those notions that Purdue kind of uh, got bruised over a little bit?
1: Well, I, I think saying they got screwed is probably a little bit strong because – You know, we knew that Nashville was one of the three primary options for Purdue. I mean, it was either going to be Nashville, Phoenix, or Vegas, it seemed like. I think the part that sort of has rubbed people the wrong way is just the idea that Penn State is the team that jumped up there into the Outback Bowl. I mean, Penn State's resume, look, Penn State's resume was never as good as Purdue's. Never. And it was really annoying to see Penn State consistently ranked when it was ranked in the top 25 and Purdue be receiving votes when the resumes weren't even close. I mean, Purdue had a a much better resume than Penn State. Yet Yet it's Penn State who is the team that gets ranked. And, you know, there's more history there, I understand, Joe Paterno, all that. But Purdue was a better team and had a better resume. It didn't make any sense. So from that perspective, yes. But Penn State jumped a few teams, so everybody sort of got, you know, bumped down a little bit. Um, well, I, mean, what, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I going don't, around, I don't man. I don't, I don't understand Penn State in general. I, I don't I don't I don't get James Franklin necessarily. I mean, I think he's a good coach. Is he a hundred million dollar coach? I don't know. I I don't know how you can finish four and five in one year and then finish seven and five the next year and two weeks after you lose to a very mediocre illinois team at home you sign a hundred million dollar contract i mean that is just
0: i don't know man that's a whole other that's a whole other barrel of monkeys man it really is uh, and we're gonna get to this you i know tom deanhart's been very passionate about some of these deals that are that are happening. It almost makes you say, you know what, maybe we ought to be paying these players. Maybe I actually am on that train, and I don't realize it, because some of the stuff is getting absolutely absurd for some athletic departments that were saying that they did not have the money uh, during COVID, that they were going to cut sports because of COVID, and uh, now it doesn't seem like they were really out of money, Kyle. (laughs) I mean, it's a... It's a whole other argument for another day, and, and we won't get on it. We'll, we'll stick with Purdue. Kyle Charter's on with us here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline. Let's transition over to basketball, buddy. I mean, just the, the sense of pride that you felt throughout the fan base this week, especially after the Iowa game, going into the Iowa game even, that this team was going to be the number 1 and is now the number 1 team in the country for the first time in its program history has just been really something to behold Uh, maybe a small crack in the foundation, exposed by Iowa with the press. Not something that I don't think can't be patched up, but boy, uh, this is a good team. Kyle, I don't think there's any denying that. Uh, They will get uh, pushed a little bit here tonight against uh, Rutgers, though, but you you saw that number one by their name. No, no, no. No, no, you don't think so? Not at all?
1: They they will not be pushed by Rutgers,
0: no. At no point. So Kyle says go ahead and uh, put it all on (laughs) the boilers tonight. Take the 13, I guess, and you do it. Look, somebody is going to push them like Iowa does again down the stretch, right? In the Big Ten, I mean, it, it's it's going to happen a, a few more times, and there may be some losses in there. But you saw that one next to Purdue. Uh, what did you when you finally saw that? What came to mind for you?
1: Well, what came to mind is that it's it's nice that it's number one right now, but it doesn't really matter a whole lot. Uh, you know, the number one team at this time last year was Gonzaga. It did not win a national championship. The number one team a couple of years ago was, at this time, was Louisville. Uh, uh, you know, so I'm not sure everybody remembers who was number one in early December. The idea is to be number one in early April, and so Purdue's got to make sure to do that. I, I I look at their schedule. I don't think Purdue's challenged until maybe the game at Michigan on January 11th, and if not that game, then. Definitely the game at Illinois on January 17th. We'll just see how how good or how not good Michigan is once we get into next month. Illinois certainly looks like a team that is going to be able to put up a fight against Purdue, in my opinion. So, I, I you know, those are the two dates that I, I think. I, I don't think Rutgers has any chance to keep the game close tonight. Maybe I'm wrong, but if you can't score and Rutgers shoots about 27% from three-point range, if you can't score against Purdue, I just don't see it. I I just don't. And Iowa can score, and then that press did give Purdue some issues. Iowa traditionally is not a very good defensive team. It it played pretty well defensively in that game and might have some guys on its team that just do embrace playing defense a little bit more than what we have seen in the past. Um, So, you know, I know Iowa's 0-2 in the Big Ten, but they've probably played the two best teams in the Big Ten in Purdue and Illinois uh, and didn't have their best player for one of those two games. But, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't think, you know, if you can't shoot the basketball, I don't, I don't think you have any chance against Purdue. I really don't. I mean, maybe you can keep it to single digits, but, you know, who cares? The the goal is to win the game, and and I don't think many of these teams have a chance to win the game.
0: The crazy part about Iowa, you just brought that up. You know, they're taking on an undefeated, 15th-ranked Iowa State team on the road tonight, and they're the five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Look, they they can score, yeah. Um, I want your take on last night's Wisconsin win over Indiana. They were Hoosiers up, like, what, 18 there? Look, they can't win in the Kohl Center. That's been a huge order. It was like 98, something like that's the last time uh, they beat Wisconsin on the road. Uh, this is the second time Wisconsin has uh, had that huge double-digit come from behind victory. Uh, are, are you scared of the Badgers all the season, or was this more of Indiana kind of just screwed the pooch on it?
1: Man, I, I don't know. I, I have, I I had not been a believer of Wisconsin, and it's, they're making it more and more difficult on me uh, as the games go by because they've they've won some games. So I I think you do have to give. Wisconsin some credit for winning some games I, I think that's a terrible matchup between Purdue and Wisconsin for Wisconsin I don't think they can I don't think they can slow Purdue down inside and I'm shocked that Indiana did not just force feed the ball to trace Jackson Davis during the second half of that game yesterday because Wisconsin can't match up very well with with strength on the inside. And so Purdue has a huge advantage there against the Badgers, in my opinion. Maybe I should quit disregarding Wisconsin, but I, I tend to a little bit. Um, Johnny Davis has been a lot better than what anybody expected. And so that has helped Wisconsin, and they have found a way to win some games. But yeah, I just don't know that they have enough against Purdue on the inside to be able to keep uh, the Boilermakers in check. I don't really, you know, I. How do you beat Purdue? I think you you have to do a little bit of what Iowa did and then you also have to be able to shoot the ball. So if you can press and create some turnovers and you have some length and physicality on the perimeter and then can also shoot um then I think that's what you have to do to beat Purdue. And I don't
0: know You're asking a lot with that, man. That's that's not yeah, exactly I mean, that, those that teams don't be, really grow on trees.
1: No, I mean it might be Illinois and that that might be the list, I think. Because Ohio State is good, but, it you know, it's a streaky team shooting, and it just, you know, it's not a great shooting team. And that's why, you know, D.J. Washington's departure really hurt Ohio State. I think had he stayed, that might have been the team to, to potentially knock off Purdue. But without him, they just are too streaky a team shooting-wise. And I just don't know that there's a team out there that can do both of those things. At the same time to beat Purdue, at least in the Big Ten. I'm not saying Purdue's going to go undefeated, but I I just, you know, I I don't see Purdue losing more than a few games in the Big Ten.
0: We talked with Brian Tonsoni at Delphi Bracketology yesterday, and uh, he tells me by the numbers that this conference is not really as strong as it's traditionally been. The Big Ten, Uh, a lot of that due to just a lot of other teams. Stacking up on these quad four games, uh, not leaving home, you know, much like what Indiana has done so far. Uh, what do you think the overall strength of is uh, of the conference, Kyle? Because to me, when I look at it, I feel like there's teams that have a lot of talent, like Michigan, that just really haven't seemed to realize it very much yet. I think Iowa's got a little bit of talent, but they're sitting at zero and two in the conference. You feel like this conference is down a little bit this year?
1: Well, lost a lot of. Games to the Big East and the Gavit game yeah that
0: that really uh, hurts the conference RPI
1: yeah I mean that was the big one I think it, it recovered somewhat in the ACC but the ACC's not not all that great either really I mean outside of Duke I mean even Virginia lost last night to James Madison so you know the ACC isn't all that great either so yeah but I mean yeah I, I think the big Ten probably is down a little bit I don't think it has a, a As good a second team, you know, that the league last year was, you know, even though it didn't do much in the NCAA tournament, was really good. I think one through five or one through six. This year, I'm not sure that's the case. I don't think it matters from a Purdue perspective. I think that Purdue has enough quality victories and is going to be able to get enough other quality victories during the Big Ten to be a one seed, unless it really somehow slips up between now and early March. I just think Purdue is, is tracking well toward that outcome. And, you know, being a one seed, at least if you're Purdue, it helps you avoid a, a, a North Texas type scenario in round one. You're just not going to face a team that's the, that's of that high of quality. You're, you're going to face a 16 seed that is, you know, there's a pretty major drop off between a 12 seed and a 16. Yeah.
0: Big time. Big, big time. Kyle Charters uh, here with us on the Hammerhead Hotline. Again, we are going to be doing a special edition of Boiler Game Day uh, before the Music City Bowl, which you will also hear on 101.7 The Hammer. That's coming up on Thursday, December the 30th. We'll have Boiler Game Day starting at uh, 12.30. Uh, We'll take you up to 2.30 when we kick over the network coverage. Uh, They'll pregame at 2.30 and then a uh, game for you at 3 o'clock. Kyle. Uh, always a pleasure to talk. We tease each other all the time, but it's always a pleasure to talk with you. You're always great on this stuff, man. Great time to be a Boilermaker fan, and uh, just thanks for making some time for us on a Thursday, buddy. All right. Thanks, Jared. Take care, bud. we got a break. We'll come back. We've got more Down Show for you next on 101.